Welcome to our service at Brighton Road Baptist Church in Horsham. My name is Marion Richardson and uh, later on we're going to be hearing God's message from Claire Fisher, one of our other church members. She'll be bringing to you uh, the first in our new series on the Gospel in Thessalonians. Our call to worship is taken from Psalm 68 starting at verse 32. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. Sing praise to the Lord. To him who rides across the highest heavens, the ancient heavens, who thunders with mighty voice. Proclaim the power of God, whose majesty is over Israel, whose power is in the heavens. You, God, are awesome in your sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. Praise be to God. We have the privilege of worshipping an amazing God. So let us do as the psalmist says and proclaim the power of God, who in his mercy and love gives power and strength to his people. Let's sing together. Come, see the Lord in his breathtaking splendour. Gaze at his majesty, bow and adore.
me lead you in a prayer of praise by Julie Sun. Dear Father, you are the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. You know what was, what is, and what is to come. And Lord, not only are you everlasting, but your love for me is everlasting. So I rest in your knowledge, in your wisdom, in your care for me. In light of your sovereignty and love, I need never despair. I may not understand why something is happening in my life, but I know you do. So I place my trust in you and my hope in you, Lord, and praise your glorious name. In Jesus' name, Amen. We all need times to refocus. All too easily we're, be, we're distracted by the things that life would throw at us. And we forget fundamental truths. We have been gifted from God this gospel, the great news that Jesus Christ loves you and I so much that he was prepared to give his life for us. As we sing our next two songs, let's look afresh on the transforming power of Christ and give him the praise due to his name.
like this. One that's full of random leads and cords. Do you know, I don't even know what all of this is for. So now I'm left in a dilemma. Do I leave them here and hope that one day I'm going to know how these are all supposed to be and to what these are all supposed to be connected? Or do I just give up and take them to the immunity tip? Either way, they're not doing what they were designed to do to be plugged into the mains and passing on power to something else to enable it to work at the best in the way that it can do. In the passage that Claire is going to later speak to us on, we read these words. Our gospel came to you with power. Now it strikes me that we can be like these leads and cords. We can either be sitting in the one place, very comfortable, not actually plugged into the mains or we can be but not actually making any connections with people in our communities at uh, in our neighborhoods in our workplaces in our schools so that those who don't yet know the good news of Jesus can experience what it is to be loved so very much by him there is power in the name of Jesus and we are the means by which others may know that.
For our prayers of intercession, I'd like to lead us in our own prayers. If you're with others or on your own, I encourage you to pray in response as I lead us through a variety of areas, ending each with the words, Lord, in your mercy, to which you are invited to join with me with the words, hear our prayers. So let us pray. Lord, we pray for those who mourn and for those who directly work with those who mourn. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for those facing anxious times due to financial worries or concerns about health. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for those who are in authority and need to make difficult decisions 
in difficult times. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And Lord, we bring to you now those situations that are pressing on our own hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Christ, you know us, you know our very thoughts, and so we place into your hands these our prayers, confident in the knowledge that you are our loving God who answers prayer. Amen. And now Dan is going to read for us from the book of Thessalonians. Paul, Silas and Timothy, to the Church of the Thessalonians, in the God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell you how you turn from God, from idols, to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from coming wrath. For you are salt and light 
shine all around. Let my heart overflow with passion for your name. Let my life be a song revealing who you are. For you are salt and light. You are love's great height. You are deep and wide, a consuming fire. You are salt and light. You are love's great height. You are deep and wide, a consuming fire. Let my eyes see your kingdom shine all around. Let my heart overflow with passion for your name. Let my life be a song revealing who you are. You are salt and light. You are salt and light. Salt and light. Salt and light. Hello and welcome to the first in our series about the gospel. We are going to be working through this theme, the gospel theme, uh, for the next few months. We're starting today with the gospel in Thessalonians and this will take us up until the beginning of Advent when we'll be looking at the nativity story and the Advent story and the gospel uh, through the birth of Jesus. And then we'll be looking after Christmas at the good news in Ephesians and taking a, a study uh, into Ephesians. So this morning we are looking at Thessalonians, the first book of Thessalonians in the first chapter. And we've heard that reading already. Uh, and we meet Paul in Thessaloniki. And uh, in this first session, I think what I want to do is just start to unpack a little bit about Paul, think a little bit about the church uh, in that place and what this particular verse and this particular message speaks to us today. So the verse that we are looking at today is 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5, which is this. Because the gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. So a beautiful place to start a series thinking about the gospel, thinking specifically about a gospel that comes <coughs> in power, with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. So the starting place for me in thinking about how to prepare for this message was to just reacquaint myself with the work of Paul. I found myself Googling the chronology of Paul's ministry to see where uh, not the letter, but where his visit and the establishing of the church in this place uh, came from. And it really reminded me, actually, that the, the image that we have of Paul as this, this great father of the church um, 
it's it's entirely true he was very busy he spent a lot of time uh, visiting different places and going around different places but actually when you start to look and unpack what is it that he's talking about here i was imagining that we have some great miracles some signs and wonders perhaps that happened in this place that led us to think about the gospel coming in this place with power i can't actually find much evidence for that and we'll come back to that in a minute so let's look at uh, the kind of broad suite really of Paul's ministry the kind of recap what I found when I googled the chronology of Paul's ministry and you might want to do that as we begin our journey together through the book of uh, uh, Thessalonians so we know that Paul was uh, converted around the age of 30 we think and he kind of had a fairly uh, a static beginning uh, he bases himself in, in in Tarsus which kind of becomes church HQ for a little while but then around AD 47 he starts going to places and we start to see this pattern that we're familiar with of Paul going to lots and lots of uh, different places moving on preaching seeing um, people saved moving on again And the visit to Thessalonians kind of happens in the middle of the first phase of that moving around and preaching. We can read about it in Acts chapter 17. Um, and, and this is what we learn when we look into Acts chapter 17. We find out how the church got to be in Thessalonica in the first place. So Paul uh, passes through various places, we read, and then he comes to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. Uh, and in Acts chapter 17 verse 2 we read as was his custom Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from scriptures explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead this Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah so he turns up in the place he turns up in Thessalonica um, this is around um, um, AD 51, we think, he's, he's in Thessalonica. Uh, he preaches to them. Uh, some people hear him. We read that some Jews were persuaded and they joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. So we have some Jews, some Greeks and some women become convinced that Paul's message about Jesus the Messiah is true. We don't hear very much there actually about what happened in response to that message. There's nothing about signs and wonders particularly. Uh, it's just Paul preaches in the synagogue for three Sabbath days, so kind of two or three weeks uh, on, on three Sabbath days he's there. Some people uh, are persuaded. And then what we hear next is there's a mob. There's a riot in the city. Uh, there's trouble with the city officials. Uh, some of the group, although not Paul, get um, arrested. They later get released. And then the brothers, the, 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 the people traveling with Paul think it's better if they leave and they leave and they move on to the next town. So everything that we know about the establishment of the church in Thessalonica is literally that. They spend two or three weeks there they preach, some people are persuaded, there's a whole load of riots, a few arrests, and then they move on. The one thing actually that we do know about the uh, Thessalonica as a place is that the mob in that place was so significant that they followed Paul and Silas to the next town that they went to, a place called Bera, and they also drove them out of that place. So we know that the rioting and the mobs were quite a significant part of their time in Thessalonica. So what is the power then that we read about in this letter 
that Paul writes uh, from Corinth after uh, traveling through some other places and kind of writing back to this, this place, to this church in Thessalonica, we hear, he says that God has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and the deep conviction. But what is this power that he's writing about? We can't see very much evidence of it in that Acts 17 account of the establishment of the church. And I think for me this is why it's interesting because what we read if you read through the rest of Thessalonians is is, is really this whole book it's an encouragement um, it's uh, a love letter from Paul to the church in that place uh, and what's happened is he's been longing to go back and to see them again but he hasn't been able to do that so he sent Timothy to Thessalonica to visit the church there and he's heard from Timothy that the church is doing really, really well. He's heard uh, from Timothy. He says, Timothy's just come to us and brought good news about your faith and love. And now we really live, uh, says Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. Now we really live since you were standing firm in the Lord. And I realise that what's happened is, is Paul has been in this place for a few weeks. He's preached. Some people have been persuaded there's been a riot and they've moved on. And he's been wondering what's happened to these people, what's happened to this place, what's happened to this church. He hasn't been able to get back to them. And now he hears from Timothy that from those very humble, slightly chaotic uh, beginnings, a church has indeed been established and endures and remembers their teaching and is living in a way that they uh, are, have been encouraged by Paul uh, in a way that testifies to the gospel. And it's this. I think, that Paul is talking about when he says this is the evidence that you have been chosen because our gospel came to you not just by words but with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. And I think it's Paul looking back, seeing all the work that God has done, all the work that God has grown from that really tiny seed that he planted in his original visit. That is the evidence that God's spirit, God's power has been making a work of conviction and has been growing this church and has been bearing fruit in them. And I think it's really interesting, actually, that when you look back over the mission and the ministry of Paul, these things come up time and time again, actually. He moves from place to place to place. Yes, preaching, yes, persuading, but then mostly rising a mob or a riot or getting arrested. Uh, and although we do see signs and wonders and miracles, mostly he's moved on from place to place. But it is this power. It is the power of the Holy Spirit and the conviction and the certainty that comes in the hearts of the people as the Spirit of God rises up in the places that Paul visits, that establishes the church, that grows these communities, that sees actually the signs and wonders happening after Paul leaves. And he's saying here, you did not come simply by words, but also with power. And I think for us, we learn that however much we feel limited by our words. It's not our words that convince people. It's not our words that work the signs and wonders. It's not our words that will heal people or persuade people or change situations or bring light into darkness. It is the power of God. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the conviction that the Holy Spirit will bring into the hearts of people that hear those words. And I think in these difficult and chaotic times, 
maybe we can start to identify with that life that, that Paul led, that's slightly chaotic, not quite knowing day to day where we are or what we're doing, um, feeling that things are really more uncertain than ever. We're not sure whether we can have services. We're not sure whether uh, who's gonna see the messages that we record and that we put out. But it's not our words, it's not our action. We faithfully do that, that God calls us to do in the knowledge that it is the power of God that will change situations, that will break down doors, that will set prisoners free, that will um, make all the miraculous things that we are hoping for come to fruition. It is the power of God. It is the spirit of God. It is the power of God that is the gospel. It's not our words. And I think this is a super place for us to start this series. And Paul picks up this theme. Um, this, this book is one of the first that he wrote. Um, the first in a series of letters that he wrote to various churches but this 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 message to Thessaloniki was one of the first books that he wrote and it is a book full of love and full of encouragement um, but he picks up that theme in Ephesians uh, when he writes to the church in Ephesus he says the power is the same mighty strength that was exerted when God raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms He's not crediting his words with that power. He's crediting God's Holy Spirit to be the one that works in power. And then when we look at the prayer that Paul leaves the Thessalonians with right at the end of Thessalonians, I think that that is the instruction really. That is the one instruction to the people in the church in Thessaloniki. He says to them, be joyful always, pray continually, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so I think the message for us as we begin this series, as we look to this lesson from Paul, who is uh, moving from place to place, he's preaching, he's trying to persuade, but mostly he's putting up with the mobs and the riots and the chaos and dealing with city officials and dealing with being in prison. And yet when he looks back, he sees that God was at work in all of those situations. He sees that the power of God, the Holy Spirit was moving in all of those situations in ways he couldn't understand or comprehend. But when he looks back, he sees that God's power was building the church, was doing, uh, the Holy Spirit was doing the will of God in those places. And so we can have confidence that it is not our words, it is not our actions, that in the midst of all the uncertainty and all the chaos, that if we faithfully minister to the things that God puts in front of us, his power, his Holy Spirit will come and will turn those efforts into fruit for God. And so I think that should be our prayer, that the prayer that Paul gives to the people in Thessalonians becomes our prayer. We should be hungry, not for, um, more eloquent words on our own part or more coordinated actions on behalf of the church but we should be hungry for the power of God, hungry for the Holy Spirit to come and to make the change uh, that we long for, to see people healed and saved and delivered. And so we pray, Lord God, would you help us be joyful always? Would you help us to pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances? Lord, we trust that you are working all things for good. We trust that your power is made perfect in our weaknesses. And we pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit 
in our individual lives, in our families, in our church and in our town and right the way across our nation. Lord God, in these times of change and disruption and chaos, would you move powerfully by your Holy Spirit to bring people back to you? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen.
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now, now and, and forevermore. forevermore. Amen. Amen.